You're listening to sermon audio from King's Cross Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about King's Cross Church, you can visit us online at kingscrossraleigh.com. Today's sermon text is Acts 11, 1 through 18. The apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went, to, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began to explain to them step by step, I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw in a trance an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners from heaven, and it came to me. When I looked closely and considered it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, the wild beasts and reptiles, and the birds of the sky. I also heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing impure or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice answered from heaven a second time, What God has made clean you must not call impure. Now, this happened three times, and every... Everything was drawn up again into heaven. At the very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to accompany them with no doubt at all. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we went into the man's house. He reported to us how he had been seen, how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and call for Simon who is also named Peter. He will speak a message to you by which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them, just as on us at the beginning. I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, How could I possibly hinder God? When they heard this, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, So then, God has given repentance, resulting in life, even to the Gentiles. This is God's word. Good morning. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's uh, it's always a joy to to be able to get in the the scriptures together and and just see what, what God has for us. Um, we're continuing in in the book of Acts. Um, we've we've had some some good stories, some some major stories of of conversion over the last few weeks. You know, in, in Acts chapter nine, there's the the story of of Saul's conversion as he as he sees um, the vision of of Jesus, and Jesus says, "Why are you persecuting me?" And then we see um, Peter. He has this vision of um, of the sheet, and and Cornelius has this vision of of the Holy Spirit coming and, and telling him to send for Peter. And, you know, Luke th- thinks that this is such an important story that he includes it multiple times. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of overlap between, you know, what, what Micah preached from, from Acts chapter 10 last week and, and the story in Acts chapter 11. There's some few differences. The, the um, you know, the audience is different. So first it's, it's the story happening, and, and now it's Peter relaying the story to the to the circumcision party to the Jews um, yeah we see some some good stuff in this text and in 
the main thing that, that I want us to, to take away is, is that we need to come to God on his terms. You know, the, the Jews and, and Peter are so quick to, to put God in, in the box, put God in the, in the Jewish box of like, we have to follow these Jewish laws because that's how God is. And God is, is showing them that, that he's not like that. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than their, their Jewish laws. I don't know if you guys have watched the, the show the, the Chosen at all. There's a, um, you know, some people don't, don't like it because, you know, they don't like any depictions of Jesus, but, you know, we, we don't worship that Jesus in that TV show. But I think it does help us understand some of the emotions and some of the, the feelings that, they, that the people that did interact with Jesus in real life were really feeling. One of the things that, that stood out to me um, was when Jesus calls Matthew, the tax collector, Right, he says, says to Matthew, follow me. And Peter is, is with Jesus, and, and he says, not, not him. He can't come with us. He's a tax collector. Jesus says, Matthew, follow me. Matthew comes, and, and Peter said, he's coming with us? I don't, I don't get it. And Jesus said, you didn't get it when I called you either. And Peter said, but that, that was different. He is a tax collector. And then Jesus said, get used to different. I think that's what, that's what Peter's been doing for the rest of his life, right? He's getting used to different. He's trying to put Jesus in this, in this box of like, only people that are good enough can come to you. Tax collectors can't come to you. But Jesus says, get used to different. And Peter's still getting used to different in this, in this story. It's easy to, to make fun of Peter, you know, even, even in this story. Even in this vision he has, he has this vision three times. Like, do you really think this sheet coming down, on the third time he still says, I can't eat this these food. It takes so long for him to get it. But when he does, he goes all in. Goes all in on everything. When he is proved wrong, he repents wholeheartedly. You know, the story of, of when Peter denies Jesus and, and he says, you know, he's, He's so gung-ho of, I'm, I will never deny you. And then Jesus says, you'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. When Peter hears the rooster crowing, he, he weeps bitterly, and, and he, he understands, and, and he completely turns. And so even in this story, when he knows that, that the Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit, he's all in. He's like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't really get it. But I know that Jesus said, you'll receive the Holy Spirit, They'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I saw it happen to them too. We see the same, same kind of thing, some kind of conversion of the, of the circumcision party. You know, in the beginning, they're, they're criticizing Peter. And then by the end, they, they believe and they glorify God. And so I want us to follow the example of, of Peter and the circumcision party in this. When we see God at work, even if it's different, that we come to him on his terms. We believe him. We, we turn as we grow in understanding that we, we grow in following God. So we're going to look at this passage in, in four parts. You know, the first three verses of the circumcision party criticizing Peter and then Peter's vision in verses 4 through 10 and then the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit and salvation in 11 through 17 and then the, um, the, the response of the circumcision party in verse 18. 
So before we dive into the text, I want to pray and ask for the Lord's help for him to be with us. Father God, I thank you for your kindness and, and your grace to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that you you speak to us, you reveal yourself to us. Thank you for for your patience with us as as so often we take so long to understand. We take so long to, to get used to different. You're continually revealing yourself to us. You're continually helping, helping us to grow and I pray that that is, is true for us this morning. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so um, verse one here in, in chapter 11 says, the apostles and the brothers and sisters who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. This is a big deal. This is a, a new thing. You know, we, we know from the, the scriptures that, that God is, has always been planning for, for people from every nation to worship him. You know, and all the way in Genesis chapter 1, he creates, them, creates Adam and Eve, and, and he says, I've, I've made man in my image, and he gives them dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the world, and he wants his image bearers to, to take over the world, really. And then in Genesis chapter 11, he, he comes to Abraham and he says, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Even in Matthew 28, as Jesus is leaving, he says, go make disciples of, of all nations. So these, you know, Peter and the other disciples, they, they know that, that God has always been wanting followers from, from every nation. But so far in Acts, it's all been in a Jewish way. Right in, in Acts chapter two, when the uh, you know the nations come to Jerusalem for for Pentecost, you know Luke says that it's devout Jews from every nation under heaven. So it's it's Jews that are coming. They are from from nations and in, in every direction, all around. But they're Jews. In Acts chapter six, we see, um, you know the the story of the the first deacons when. Um, you know, the reason that they're set apart is because the, the Greek Jews, the Hellenistic Jews, their widows are, are being neglected. And so these servants are set apart, many of them with, with Greek names, but they're still Jews. In Acts chapter 8, when Philip comes to the, the Ethiopian official, the Ethiopian official was coming to Jerusalem to worship God, going to the temple, worshiping God in, in a Jewish way. So even though there, there has been so much spread of the gospel, it's all been kind of in a Jewish way. Nobody has said, you know, I don't, I don't care about what food you eat. I don't care about what laws you follow. I just want Jesus. Until Cornelius. This is new. This is different. People don't like things that are new and different. You know, I've just started a, a new role at work, and I'm a product manager, and I'm trying to understand what, how people feel about a product. Right, and in a new feature, a new change, and and people often say like, I don't like it because it's different. Can you tell me more about why you don't like it? I don't like it because it's different. I already told you, this is new. I don't like it. We kind of get that that same vibe with this circumcision party here, in um, verses two and three. They they come and they criticize Peter and they say, you went to, you know, they just they just say a fact. You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. One day, um, last summer, my, my parents were staying with us, 
And uh, I was going to go to, to Kohl's with my mom. She's, you know, she's got all the Kohl's cash and Kohl's charge, and I was going to get like a $100 pair of shoes for $10 after all her discounts. Um, but it was, you know, it was a Saturday, and I've been doing some stuff around the house, and um, I was wearing a shirt that had paint all over it. And um, my parents criticized me. They said, your shirt has paint on it. Those, they were just stating a fact, but they were meaning it as a criticism. You don't want to be the kind of person that goes out in public wearing a shirt like that. That's kind of this, the vibe from this circumcision party. Just stating this fact. You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. A criticism. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be the kind of person that goes and eats with Gentiles. The food laws, if you're familiar with the Bible, are, are a big deal. And so let's, let's look at them a little, more, more, sorry, a little bit more closely in the, in the next section. Um, as Peter recounts his vision. Um, so Peter's vision, verses 4 through 10. Um, Peter was in, in Joppa. You know, he says, I was in the town of Joppa praying, and I saw in a trance an object that resembled a large sheet coming down. You know, we mentioned this over the, the last couple of weeks, but um, Joppa would be familiar to the Jews that, that know the scriptures. This is the town that, that Jonah went to um, as he's fleeing from God. God told him to go to, to Nineveh. He goes to Joppa and gets a, a boat to Tarshish. You know, my kids read the, the Jesus storybook Bible. In the story of Jonah, he goes and he gets a ticket to, to not Nineveh. I always think that's funny. Um, so Jonah goes to Joppa, and it's kind of this, this subtle reminder from God that, like, hey, I've been, I've been caring about Gentiles and their salvation forever, for centuries. So Peter sees this, the, this big sheet come down. It's covered in all kinds of animals. He hears this voice from heaven saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter's taken aback. He says, no way. I haven't broken any of these food laws. You know, nothing impure or ritually unclean has ever entered my mouth. So, what's the big deal with these food laws? Why did, why did God set them up in the first place? Why is he going back on them now? You know, one question that, that people often has is, if there's any logic to, um, you know, to, to why they're not allowed to eat certain animals and they are allowed to eat others, um, if you can kind of get the, the reason, the scientific reason or something. I mean, there is some truth that, you know, pork is more likely than something like mutton to have certain parasites like tapeworm. Um, but you can't really, you know, come up with something like that for everything. And, uh, you know, that doesn't really explain why it would just be taken away now. Like they had fire in Moses' day to, to cook pork enough and they had fire to cook pork enough in, in Jesus' day. So there's nothing in the, the food itself that defiles it, right? Jesus even says that in, in Mark 7 as he's, you know, talking to the Pharisees that, um, you know, nothing that goes in to your mouth defiles you, but rather it's what comes out. It's what's in your heart. So what is the big deal about the, the food? Some of it is that, that God told them not to. God told them not to eat this. It's kind of like in the, the Garden of Eden when, um, when God tells Adam and Eve not to eat the certain fruit 
It's not this magic fruit that God doesn't have control over, right? He, the fruit is special because God made it special. The food laws are, are there because God put them there. God gave the, the Jews these food laws to, to set them apart, for them to be God's people, different than the cultures around them. So some of the laws we can, we can directly tie to, to pagan cultures, pagan laws. You know, there's the law of, of not boiling a baby goat in its mother's milk. They know that that was a, a pagan practice for those cultures around it. So eating differently than the other cultures, than other people, naturally made you stand out, made you different. There's, a, there's some real importance to, to that, to standing out, to living this life of, of purity. And it's a really big deal in the scriptures. One of the, the hardest things for, for us to, to understand is, is as God gives his people the promised land, he tells them to go in and, and kill all the people, wipe them all out. It just shows us that, that purity, that being set apart, being called to be God's people is, is a really big deal. God knows that his, if his people are interacting with and intermarrying with these other people, they're, they're not going to bring those people to God. They're going to be pulled out. You know, if you have some oranges and uh, you've had them for a little while, and then one of them starts to get that whitish, greenish mold on it. You don't just leave it in there. You say, maybe the other, maybe the good oranges will fix this one. Right? No, you take it away. You throw it away. And then you start judging all the other oranges that are still there. Like looking at them and see, okay, there's a tiny bit of mold. I'm going to throw you up too. So Jews have, have lived like this for centuries. They've been saying, we are the pure people. We're following these laws because we need to be different than Gentiles. They saw the danger, right? Solomon married all these foreign women and was pulled away from God. Their ancestors were pulled away from God and exiled to Babylon. They know there's, there's punishment for, for stopping following God. So there's importance to, to following the laws. It's this this tradition, this, this history, this baggage that Peter and the circumcision party are, are feeling. Right? We can't break these laws. But one of the, one of the challenges that we see and one of the things that, that God really wants to, Peter to understand is that when we focus so much on, on the differences, so focused on staying away from people, then we start to to think of them as, as worse. We think of them as less value. We think of us as better. We see the same kind of thing with um, with the role of, of women in, in evangelicalism. Like there's, I don't know if you guys have heard of the, the Billy Graham rule. Um, Billy Graham, you know, he had, he had several rules, but, but only one of them um, we call the Billy Graham rule. He wouldn't be alone with a woman who wasn't his wife. Right, he, it was a good, probably a good idea for him. He traveled a lot. Um, he had lots of opportunity for, for his marriage to be in danger. Um, but a lot of times, people have just held that rule, and, and it's kind of distorted their idea of, of women. Right? They've, 
they're so focused on having these rules that they start to think of like any woman as a danger to their marriage. It's led to this distortion. It goes from first, it's wise to set boundaries to protect my marriage. And then it's my marriage is in trouble if I'm even alone with a woman. And then it's women are dangerous. They're out to destroy my marriage. And that's not true, right? So it's similar with, with Jews and Gentiles. They're, they're so focused on Gentiles are bad, Gentiles are terrible. Gentiles, we can't eat with them, we can't be with them. They're dangerous, they're worse. So when God is telling Peter to disregard the food laws, he's telling them to disregard the differences. Gentiles aren't worse than Jews. You need the gospel, even though you have the law, Peter. They need the gospel, even though they don't have the law. What God has made clean, you must not call impure. So that carries over from the food laws to the Gentiles. If there's no such thing as unclean food, there's no such thing as unclean people. Peter gets that. He says that explicitly back in chapter 10, verse 28. God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. So that vision happened three times. And then, right then, the men sent from Caesarea came. So let's go to the next section, verses 11 through 17, and, and see the, the Gentiles receiving salvation. So the Spirit told Simon to go with them, to accompany them with no doubts at all. So he took six people with him. I don't know if that's no doubts. Maybe they were protecting him. Maybe they just wanted to see what was going on. Um, in verse 14, this is an interesting difference between um, chapter 11 and chapter 10. Verse 14, it says, you know, this is Peter recounting what, what Cornelius saw. It said, he will speak a message to you by which you and all your household will be saved. So that, that reason for Peter's message that, that they would all be saved, that wasn't in chapter 10. But that's a key detail as, as Peter is recounting this story to the circumcision party. He's, he's telling them that, um, you know, that, that God told Cornelius he would be saved. Peter's bringing a message that you would be saved. And, and Peter wasn't coming to tell them all about the Jewish laws, right? He's coming to tell them about Jesus. So as Peter began to speak, this verse 15, the Holy Spirit came down on them. He says, just as on us at the beginning. This is a clear reference back to, back to Pentecost. Right at verse 16, references back to, to Acts chapter 1, verse 5, where Jesus says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. A few days after that, Pentecost came. The Holy Spirit came down in, in power. It was loud. It was visible. The power was undeniable. It sounded like a rushing wind. It drew in a crowd because it was so loud. They saw tongues like flames of fire. Then they heard people speaking in different languages. We don't see all the, the same signs referenced here, but they do speak in tongues. Right Back in chapter 10, verse 46, it says they were speaking in different tongues, declaring the greatness of God. That's similar back to 
Acts chapter 2, verse 11. The, the devout Jews from every nation, they heard them. They said that we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in their own tongues. So the Holy Spirit came down on the Gentiles to give them the ability to, to glorify God, to give them the ability to, to declare the magnificent acts of God. Peter clearly sees this as, as a second Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming down on them just like he did on us at the beginning. So if the Holy Spirit comes down on the Gentiles just like he does on the Jews, that's a paradigm shift. That changes everything. You don't have to become a Jew to become a Christian. You don't need to follow the laws to come to Jesus. You ever have one of those moments where you haven't even been considering something and it just kind of it changes everything. I feel like the, the iPhone kind of did that with, with cell phones, right? Back before 2007, 2006, your phone had to have a keyboard on it, had to have the numbers on it. But now you can just have a screen and the keyboard can be there on the screen sometimes. That was a big change. I kind of deal with that a little bit with, you know, my, my product manager role. Um, been looking at the, been in this role about a month and, and looking at the uh, analytics to see how our clients are using the, the product. We have like all these features and we have these clients that, that just use one of them. And I'm like, guys, you have so many other solutions to your problem. You don't have to use just this one feature. And they, they get it. They're like, oh, wow. I was trying to make everything a nail because all I knew about was the hammer. But you got a whole toolbox. That's kind of this, this idea is, as Peter and, and the circumcision party, they're, they've been seeing everything through this Jewish lens, through this Jewish box. And, and they understand that but that's not true anymore. That helps them realize the gospel even more. Like they don't have to follow the Jewish laws at all, right? They knew that they couldn't do it all the way. They knew they needed Jesus. But maybe they were thinking about they had to come 80% and Jesus picked up the 20%. But no, they have to come 0%. Jesus did 100%. So Peter gets that. He recounts his, his realization, verse 17. He says, if God gave them the same gift that he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? And then the circumcision party gets it too. Verse 18, when they heard this, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, so then, God has given repentance resulting in life even to the Gentiles. The circumcision party here, they give me a little hope. A lot of times if I have a conviction about something, uh, I feel it pretty strongly. There's a lot of things I don't have opinions on. I don't care. I don't care where we go eat. I don't have strong opinions. But if I have a conviction about something, it's, it's strong. But hopefully, if new evidence comes to light, if God shows me a new piece of himself that, that I didn't get, hopefully it helps me change my conviction. That's what the circumcision party does. They, they feel strongly about these food laws. I feel strongly about Peter shouldn't go eat with uncircumcised men. But they believe. Right? They believe that Peter had that vision 
They believed that, that the Holy Spirit really came down on the Gentiles. You kind of, you can imagine them, them sort of verbal processing here in verse 18. So then, God has given repentance resulting in life even to the Gentiles? probably don't get it all the way yet, but, but they're following God. They're following God with this, this childlike faith of, like, even though I don't understand all the way, I'm going to follow you, God. It's a good childlike faith for us to, to have, even as our kids were up here singing. Like, they don't, they just believe. They just love God. They, they don't care that, you know, I would be embarrassed to come up here and dance and sing. But they don't. They just, they just love God. They believe the words that we're singing. And they just dance to it and sing to it. Most of the time, kids just have this default of, of believing that things, things that grown-ups tell them. It's good that they trust us. Hopefully, you know, we've, we've helped them believe that, that adults are trustworthy mostly. But it's fun to, to pick on them and mess with them sometimes. I don't know if you guys have, um, I think it's, it's multiple Chipotles. I know it's at least one. There's uh, the wall between the dining room and the bathroom has all these holes in it, bigger holes up at the top, small holes down at the bottom. And so kids just love to stick their fingers in it. And they're going to find the, they're going to make it to the hole that's too small and their finger's going to get stuck. And so I messed with them, with my kids, and, and told them that one time my finger got stuck. Right? I put my finger in there and it got stuck. I had to leave my finger there. This one grew back. Like, really? No way. No, it didn't grow back. This one's fake. Really? No. No. It's just trust. We should have that same kind of trust. As God tells us stuff, he's not going to lie to us like like I lie to my kids. Um, But as God reveals new things to us, let's, let's believe with that same childlike faith. I do want to spend a, a few minutes looking ahead. This is a good story. This is a good, happy ending that, that Peter believes and, and the circumcision party believes, but, but it's not done. There's, there's going to continue to be tension, animosity between Jews and Gentiles as, as it's hard for the Jews to, to believe that the laws don't matter. Um, you know, Micah said that last week that that this idea that that God has brought unity between Jews and Gentiles is is one of the key ideas in the New Testament. God has has broken down the wall between them. So I want to just look at a few other passages and and just draw that out a little bit. Even later in in the book of Acts, there continues to be tension between this. In Acts chapter 15, verse 1, says that some men came down this is um, Paul. So some men came down to, to Antioch where they were from Judea, began to teach the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. That's a huge deal. Paul and Barnabas need to work this out. They, they go to Jerusalem to get it squared away. He comes and um, they're talking to Peter and, and Peter gets it. He knows. And so he, he's telling the Pharisees, like, so Paul and Barnabas recount this and, um, you know, some of the Pharisees, you know, they, they continue to say, it's necessary to circumcise 
these, the Gentiles, and command them to keep the laws of Moses. Peter stands up and he rebukes them. You know, verse 10, verse 11, he says, Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on, the, on these disciples' necks that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way that they are. Peter knows. Like, we can't, we can't carry this yoke by ourselves. We've never been able to. Our ancestors couldn't. We can't. We need Jesus. We need Jesus in the same way that they do. In Romans, Paul rebukes the Israelites for, for trying to achieve salvation through works. In Romans chapter 9, verse 30, he says, What shall we say then? Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness, namely the righteousness that comes through faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not achieved the righteousness of, righteousness of the law. Why is that? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. So Jew, Gentile, either way, if you're, if you're pursuing righteousness through works, you can't get it. You have to pursue it by faith. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul says, Not even Titus who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. A strong language. Spy on us. Spy on the freedom so that they can enslave us. Paul says, We did not give up and submit to these people for even a moment so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. Paul gets it. Paul knows. Paul fought for the gospel. Because it's, it's all or nothing. Either Jesus is the only way that we can be saved, or it's not the gospel. In Galatians 3, 27-28, he says to the, to the Galatians, For those of you who are baptized in Christ Jesus have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. The reason that this is such a big deal to Luke, it's such a big deal in the, in the New Testament, is because if we just crack open the door so it works, then that's not the gospel. If we have to do anything to come to God, then it's not the gospel. God came to us. Jesus came to us. Jesus was the only one who was able to keep the laws. He was the only one who never fell short. So as we come to a close, I just want to remind us that we need to come to God on his terms. All right, that's the danger that the Jews face and continue to face throughout the New Testament, that they're trying to come to God on their terms. They're trying to put God in, in their box. We do that too. We're, let's ask ourselves, what, what are the things that, that we have a tendency to set our terms on? We try to put God in, in our box. Where has God already grown you? Where has he shown you that, that you were wrong? Where do you feel like God needs to continue to help you grow? If you can't really answer that, pray that, that God would reveal that to you. We all have room to grow. We all need God to show himself to us more and more.
And I want us to, to have a childlike faith, have us getting used to different, to know that we're never going to understand God all, all the way. We're never going to be done. God's always working. God's always showing us himself. And his way is always different than our way because his way is better. Let's come to him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love for us, your kindness to us. Thank you for just the the passion that you have to to save us, the way that, that Jesus gave up his life. He knows that, that we can't make it on our own. We'll always fall short. But he, he made a way for us. Pray that you would help us to, to be humble, help us to come to you on your terms, Lord. Not to force you to, to do things our way, but help us to be humble and, and, uh, and just come to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.